0: Welcome to Podme If You Can, I'm David Farrell. And I'm Lloyd Hughes. And today's film is Don John, written and directed by Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Lloyd, you've followed Joseph Gordon-Levitt's career to this point? It's kind of. uh, Third Rock from the Sun, and uh, he's been obviously in Batman. (laughs) Yep, fair enough. Often, um, the thing I remember most about Third Rock from the Sun is uh, this episode where Joseph Gordon-Levitt... He's traveling to and from, like, another dimension or another kind of parallel world. Yeah. And when he goes over to the other world, he's um, a cast member on Saturday Night Live, and he's, like, really famous and, like, you know, he kind of goes there and hangs out and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's funny because he's obviously recently hosted Saturday Night Live um, at the end of 2013, I think it was, and so has Scarlett Johansson. And uh, I don't know, you know, exactly how they sort of got this film together. But both of them have done kind of Boston characters, uh, not Boston characters, New Jersey characters, and accents like that on uh, Saturday Night Live. And um, Julianne Moore did this kind of Boston-y accent. They're they're all very good with their accents. And so this this film really gets some authentic performances. Before I go on, I will mention we're going to be talking about Don John with spoilers in mind. So if you haven't seen Joseph Gordon-Levitt's first film as director, um, check it out because we'll be spoiling it on this podcast. Um yeah, he's been acting since he was 7 years old. Wow. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. That's um a long time. What, what was his
1: big breakthrough? Was it Brick, do you reckon
0: or Well, uh, uh like I like other to, than the TV show obviously, but it was in 10 Things I Hate About You, which he looked really young in. Um Brick was was probably a lot of credibility back in 2005. Yeah um people said Mysterious Skin back in 2004 was also like um a big breakthrough because I think they dealt with aliens but I think he was playing a gay character and it was like quite a big independent film yeah um but I, I would have thought 10 Things I Hate About You was the first little sort of lead role where he would have got some sure you know Heath Ledger obviously broke through in 10 Things I Hate About You and so it was a big hit 1999 yeah ages yeah. ago um but I really appreciated his performance in The Lookout. Mm-hmm. He was, um, yeah, a guy who'd been in a car accident. Beautifully shot at the beginning of that film. And um, 500 Days of Summer, have you seen that one, Lloyd? Uh, no, I have not. The, um, the film Don John has been compared to 500 Days of Summer quite a bit because, in the words of uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, both characters are very selfish and both have ideas of what um, women are supposed to be that doesn't quite match up with the reality yeah um in 500 days of summer there's a famous scene and slight spoilers it's not plot spoilers really but uh, it's shot as a split screen and on one side um it's what's actually happening and on so reality and on the other side it's fantasy and it has uh him walking into a party and his fantasy of what he thinks this party is going to be versus his reality of what the party is yeah And that scene is very reminiscent of what Don John is like as well. Because, like, John has these, um, his character, John, um, has these kind of images in his head of what women should be, Mm. uh, based on pornography. Yeah. You know, he's finding these women, uh, in clubs and so forth. He's always picking them up because he's Don John. And, um, you know, they're not basically what he thinks they're going to be he he complains about everything about all these women and that they only want to do missionary position and they yeah. only want to whatever you know he's um he's basically yeah not finding women like the ones he sees in his films yeah if you will <laughs> um you know did you think women got a hard time in this film or no i, I it's interesting how it was
1: pers- how it portrayed pornography. I didn't think it demonized it at all. In fact, I heard Pornhub actually supplied all the videos to um, the movie and everything like that. That's fe- that's the website featured in the film that uh, Don John always visits to watch his pornography. Uh, I-, I felt it treated it as an addiction, as any kind of an addiction, like smoking or anything like that, and it's really hard to to um, get off of it. But um, I, I didn't feel women were demonized at all in this movie. Um, I think Gillian Moore was the representation of a, you know, of a really developed sort of person, and um,
0: and it really showcased in the movie definitely. For sure, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt wrote that part for Scarlett Johansson. He approached her and he talked about the theme of the film, which is um, let me find it. I think it's uh, to do with objectifying people yep. that how the media teaches us to objectify people has been like things like they're not people and the uh objectification if you approach scarlett johansson with that she's somebody who the media scrutinizes on a daily basis yeah you know you can appreciate how she would want to be a part of this film based on that that's what he's trying to accomplish here that you know it's um it's all about what's outside not what's inside and that's sort of a constant theme in this film he's working out and trying to like uh look good so women want to be with him Mm -hmm. he wants to be with a dime or a 10 you know so um he's with the hottest girl he seems the most successful but like he's making out the the chase is winning Mm. really like the end game is to get these things but then like once he has barbara who's uh played by scarlett johansson there's more to it like she wants more from him You know, she She also
1: has has a very obscure view of what a relationship should be from what she watches on those romantic movies. And it's so funny seeing it starring uh, Channing Tatum uh the yep. romantic movie that they watch and she and Anne hathaway and yeah. Anne hathaway and she really thinks that what a man should be and things like that although it's not as heavily delved into as john don john's character with how he watches pornography it's still a subtle yet um important look at you know
0: two opposing views of what a relationship should be definitely and it does imply that all guys watch pornographic films, and all girls watch romantic films, and both are not real, and both, you know, uh, put this idea in everybody's head of, of what you're looking for. It's fascinating, really, yeah. and it's it's subtle too, which yeah. I liked. In terms of his first um, job, directing. I think he's done a really good job. Yeah,
1: I I read a lot of criticism that people are saying this is a very juvenile film. I I I completely disagree with that, because the style the film takes in the first whole half of the movie, and probably I'd say 80% of the movie is of a juvenile character, and you get these sort of music video type edits with the voiceover and everything like that. But then when he starts getting together with Julian Moore, it slows down, particularly when he learns more about what happened to Gillian Moore's family, how they all died in a car crash, and then they make love on a couch. It's very slowed down. The camera shot it remains on a the two-shot. There's no quick cuts or quick edits. And then as the relationship unfolds, the, the whole film becomes this very different movie to what you saw in the first 80 80 percent of this uh, movie you know it's it's a really subtle yet very well crafted moment in directing I, I so i completely disagree i don't think this is a juvenile film yes it does have flaws but for a first directed movie it's incredible i think i think he's done a really good job
0: and the budget was six million dollars i'm really glad you mentioned the editing lloyd yeah because um, that was actually my favourite thing about it. Yeah, um, it was very good. I,
1: th- I think people had issues with it
0: because they thought, oh, it's too
1: music video. He's got voiceover. You know, he's doing all the things you shouldn't do in a movie. But
0: no, it, it's perfectly fitting with the character of the film. He's, yeah, he's self-involved. Exactly. And everything is showing us. You know, his car, his cleaning. Oh, sorry, his pad, his gym. And his what girls, you're seeing is an
1: environment and world that that's of his making. It's yep. all a product of him, and he wants to be fully in control of that. And then when he loses Scarlett Johansson, he starts getting into Julian Moore. It's new territory, and I do feel the editing and directing shifts to that momentum. It's really subtle. you got to look, I don't think you have to look too closely at it. It's more of a feel. You sort of feel it sort of evolving and changing.
0: Yeah, and as well, I feel like um, when you're watching the first half of this film, or even, as you said, sort of 70%, 80%, yeah. where he's um, still sort of... He's unchanged. He changes, I find, when he he has the whole Julianne Moore yes. uh, experience. But when he sort of just kind of only cares about those things he told us about, he mm-hmm. um, the editing and the crafting and the re- repetitiveness of shots, I thought it really emphasised... Exactly what you said. Yeah. His own world, his own creation. And that's why, as well, it holds so much more emphasis when he breaks this pattern. You know, when he's going to the gym and he goes and plays basketball instead. Yeah. W- that it really that hit... same shot, that I- same corridor.
1: Exactly. I-, I love that as well, just for um filmmaking tips it's great economy because you know he just shot you know where, as he's entering the gym he probably all shot that in like that first you know 5 hours just put on a different pair of shorts you know walk this way that way um all yep. the shots in the gym all the shots in the church very economically done um i think uh, he he understands how to use his economy really well despite being in massive budget movies such as uh the dark knight and all that um, when he goes to when him and Julian Moore go to that I think it's um, Central Park in uh, New York and they're in the fountain talking it's like a completely different world you know um, as you yep. said because of the repetitive repetitiveness of his apartment of the club scene of the gym of the church and then all of a sudden you're in this park with Julian Moore it's like a different world you're in you know it's just like whoa <laughs>
0: yeah precisely and you i think i got lost a bit in his world because like you're watching this film and it feels like so much is happening because of the rapid pace of editing because of the lifestyle you know that he's living and
1: and how he photographs women as well like there was a shot of Julian Moore where he's just looking at her and it's like a, I don't want to say close up, but it's just a shot of a face and it, it remains on her for a long time. And you're seeing really women through his eyes and most of the women you see before that, like Scarlett Johansson, like all the girls you met in the club, you just see their bodies. It's a big focus on their bodies, on their hair, on their beauty, on the, how voluptuous they they look in a, sh- in a dress and everything like that. Whereas Julian Moore doesn't have any of those aspects It's really about her and her soul and everything like that. Not to be corny about it, but her soul is really projected at that moment when he's just looking at her.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the the funny thing is, as you were talking, I was just thinking the audience for this film is probably going, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's cute, Scarlett Johansson's hot, it also has Channing Tatum. Like, there's a whole, I want to watch this because of who's in it. Yeah. You know, more so than the story. And the way all the trailers portray it is you know there's um showing all the before stuff you're not gonna obviously spoil the the twist in this film exactly. that he changes yes and breaks the cycle um you're not gonna advertise that in the trailer so people are watching this going oh yeah it's a movie about porn addiction uh, might see some some beautiful women or, or like whatever and joseph gordon levitt's gonna be kind of a pimp you know yeah. just like uh the audience for this is i guess they're gonna learn a lesson yeah which is kind of amazing yeah, it too. is
1: it is it's really amazing
0: um, the the only, Apple? sorry. Oh, sorry. So you just go first. <laughs> uh,
1: I was going to say the only issue I had was maybe the family, Um, Gordon, sorry, Gordon Levitt's family is maybe too comic book. And I actually like the guy who played the father, the guy from Who's the Boss. Tony uh, Danza. <laughs> I I think maybe at that moment it got too comic booky. Uh how the father was um t- talking, just the wallpaper on the in, in the kitchen and everything like that. It looked like a a scene from a sitcom. Um mm. but yeah, th- that that was my only issue with it. Uh maybe maybe that whole f- um
0: subplot. <laughs> I thought it was uh Tony Danza did a really good job and <laughs> the bit I liked was um Where they bring in Scarlett Johansson for the first time, and he's really proud of his son because he's bagged this beautiful woman. Yeah. He he knows nothing about her, you know (laughs) what I mean? And that, again, goes with the theme of objectifying and... know this is very you know judging a book based on its cover stuff i
1: like the scene of the church the cameras are panning and they're all you know obviously watching the sermon sermon and um he he's just got her eyes on scarlett johansson's
0: press (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was good stuff (laughs) so i mean scarlett johansson is obviously somebody who um as i said the media objectifies all the time she's been rated the most beautiful woman on the planet several times you know several magazines all that sort of thing i know lloyd you're um, more of a jennifer lopez type yeah. fan <laughs> do you uh do you rate Scarlett your hands
1: i think she's stunning absolutely stunning and, and she can act
0: as well <laughs> a little bit she'll be thrilled to hear that <laughs> this is such a different role for her because it
1: shows a real bitchiness that i don't like that really scared me i don't know if that's actually coming from a place where she's done before or she's you know it, it just seems so real to me and the best scene of the movie i think and the best scene that that showed this was when they were shopping um and he he, he wanted to get a mop and she's like no you're not getting a mop this, this is just isn't sexy you're not cleaning up your your house anymore um it yeah. just really freaked me out i was like wow I, I i haven't met too many girls like that but i do know that they exist And um, I don't know, the way Scarlett Johansson performed that that scene was just so real.
0: (laughs) Yeah, uh, that it was not sexy, that it was embarrassing, that he wanted to clean his place. But it's one of the things he loves is, like, I can't see that as a negative (laughs) if somebody wants to keep themselves clean and (laughs) look after their place. But um, it was interesting because I, as well, I like Scarlett Johansson. Um, I think she's maybe in too many films at the moment (laughs) um because I think if she was spaced out a bit more I would you know see all of her performances and be like oh yeah that was great and like at the moment I I get too much Scarlett Johansson in the tv media whatever she's everywhere so the exposure is a bit high for my liking but (laughs) the um the thing was um she had done a character on Saturday Night Live and with this perfect accent and this perfect bitchiness so the accent was like nailed it but because i like scarlett johansson and i'm watching this movie i actually was in the same boat as him i didn't see the bitchiness right away wow uh it sort of it came out as it went on and yes perfect example with that scene up until that point i mean where she's where she's seducing him and trying to get him to take a night class yeah like i just thought oh yeah women want their guy to have direction and things like that um you know it wasn't that manipulative the not sleeping together right away you know that even that could be explained by she doesn't want to appear trashy or Mm -hmm. slutty or anything like that you can kind of justify her for a little while absolutely up until that scene and then the one of my favorite scenes having a character say just one line um kevin smith's famous for it as um silent bob often in those Jay and Silent Bob movies, mm-hmm. Silent Bob will say one thing, and when he does, it's really has a huge impact. Having the, um, the sister at the table who's always texting, it really adds emphasis when she speaks because it's at one line, yeah. you know? And she talks of how Barbara really doesn't care about yeah. you. And I was blinded by it. I hadn't really thought about it. And it, as the movie went along, I assumed it was going to be a love story. I assumed it was going to be between the two of them. Julianne Moore's character being introduced... Um, I wasn't aware she was gonna be in the film. I was trying to stay away from the media of it and that sort of thing and watch it watch it fresh. So when she was introduced I was I was like, okay, she's gonna teach him a lesson. Yeah, she's gonna
1: be like a mentor.
0: Yeah, she's gonna through her experiences, he's gonna learn something and maybe, you know, rethink his life sort of thing, which is kinda what happened, but to see the two of them get together is not what you expect going into this film. You know?
1: Yes, absolutely
0: so I, I thought it was a really interesting journey and i mean i think i think joseph gordon levitt's going to direct more films i hope I think,
1: he does i think he's a, an incredible talent
0: yeah i mean we've done a few podcasts of films he's been in he was in the dark Knight Rises, for example looper which was a big one yeah um he's working with all these top shelf directors he showed script uh notes and working scripts and stuff to christopher nolan yep i uh, talked to christopher nolan and ryan johnson the director of looper as he was sort of finalizing the script for this and he's got those kind of people to confide in to talk to and to like bounce ideas off yeah i mean he's going to be at the top of his game this is what you want to do yeah he's surrounded by really really like the best
1: craftsmen in the world at it so you're going to evolve you there's nowhere to go but up
0: (laughs) that's it i mean yeah i think choosing so often i think films don't have a point you know and for him to choose uh, a theme like how the media objectifies people and how people are sort of disposable the way he's sort of disposing of these girls and these one night stands you know yeah. um i think it's really important that he's got a message behind what he's done because it's not a big waste of time it's not like there's a lot of blockbuster films that are, are disposable as well yeah. you know you watch it you enjoy it but you want everyone to go watch it and that's where it makes its money you yeah. know this I think it almost or not will last the test of time, but I don't see somebody else doing a porn addiction movie that has a message that isn't don't use porn yeah you know what I mean <laughs> um, yeah, look and I think choosing to include pornographic films is a risk. yeah apparently he took out a lot of um, of the pornography elements yeah in order to um, get the rating down which is good i mean it gets to a low uh, you know more eyeballs to it and that sort of thing having that pornographic films versus romantic films neither being reality both being fantasy you know there is a point to this film yeah. don john
1: I, yeah. I i also really like um how as um he's getting more with julian moore and he leaves scarlett johansson he actually becomes a better person and uh, yep. in, and it shows how, like, he's such a douche to his friend, in particular the smaller guy of his trio, and he spills drinks on him, he always puts him down. And then there's one scene where they're having pizza and he's really supportive of him. Like, he's obviously, it doesn't do well with girls, but he got a girl's number and he goes, oh, well done, you know, and he's cheering him on. He's He's evolving to become a better person, whereas before he would have just put him down for getting girls that are of less quality to him
0: yes yeah. exactly I'd love to see the next scenes of the film like after the credits so forth I'd love to see him explaining to his friends how Julianne Moore is a done <laughs> you know he's like no no she's great But <laughs> yeah sure but the man point, yeah. <laughs> the point is as well I mean with the editing you mentioned how the shots and everything get longer his, um, his emotional connection with Julianne Moore gets deeper and you find that He's not just screwing these girls. He's making love to Julianne Moore. You know what I mean? I, um, I don't know how a single
1: guy in New York working at a bar—he must get amazing tips. Affords a really good car, <laughs> a really good apartment, and with everything he wants, like all the items in that apartment are probably top of the line that he likes.
0: You know, I I, I don't know how that the economy works there. <laughs> <laughs> well. I mean, maybe he lived at home for a long time and just saved his money and he's moved out six months ago. <laughs> maybe it's sort of a new, I don't know. Because, <laughs> I mean, he's sort of welcomed back home at any time. He seemed to be um, on good terms with his, I mean, there was a little shoving or whatever, but on relatively good uh, good terms at home. Yeah. I don't know. Um, it, would, it would have been interesting to see him direct somebody else rather than and ha- I hope, have himself in the movie. Yeah, yeah, and I hope we don't we don't see like um Joseph Gordon-Levitt write and direct always for himself. I think um I'd like to see a performance he could get out of somebody else. It's um George Clooney's been doing it a lot when he with his directing. Yeah, he's um he's often in the film as well. Um not that his films haven't been good, I just I'm always fascinated to see how they would do directing just without being in the film, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, look, I, I think it's fantastic. I think the film works, which you know it's it's getting generally positive reviews. It's only got on- six point eight on IMDb. Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes as well was all right.
1: What? It, yeah, it got low or got?
0: Oh no, it's it's all positive reviews. Yeah,
1: I just thought. Mm. Oh, I didn't know six point eight was good on IMDb. I thought that was pretty low, but.
0: I mean, six point eight is almost seven. How yeah. many? How many people? Um, six point eight out of ten from eighty-nine thousand seven hundred sixty-seven users. And there'd be a lot of people that would be just kind of going, "That sucked." <laughs> you didn't get with Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Joseph Gordon-Levitt has a production company now. Hit record. Um, he's got a TV show coming out where he's looking to you know uncover new talents and stars and. And he's—you feel like he's going to be um, heavily involved in filmmaking for many years to come. Yeah. And I think it's great that we can sort of tackle this, this first chapter of his behind-the-scenes, you know, debut kind of thing. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, I think the next one's going to be even better. I mean, that if you look at Brick for it as an example, Brick was great, but I thought Looper was fantastic. Yeah. You know same director and ryan johnson as well just while we're on the topic he directed my favorite episode of breaking bad oh really yeah which was an amazing episode and I-, I won't spoil it just in case anybody likes breaking bad because a lot happened in that episode but it was fantastic i'll tell you off mic which one it okay was. sure <laughs> it's in the final season though Oh, okay um yeah look uh, we've got a youtube channel uh for those of you interested in finding more videos from us um we cover rare obscure titles from uh the early parts and sometimes the late drop off the map type parts of famous people's careers so we've got uh we've got a brad pitt one coming up and uh we've covered off on some early sarah jessica parker there's dennis hopper coming up kevin costner's first films coming up there's a lot of stuff where a famous person they've got to start somewhere don't they (laughs) yeah that's right And um, if you guys as well, if you're downloading this episode through iTunes, we'd appreciate a rating or any comments back there. Uh, at the moment, on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash podme if you can, um, we're posting everything there. But as well, we're taking suggestions for our films, um, requests, basically. We take requests on this podcast as well. And as we approach 100 episodes of Podme if you can, it's quite a milestone, Lloyd. Yeah, you I know. Say. It's very exciting. We are putting together ideas of uh, what we can do for Me If You Can's 100th episode. And if you have any ideas, if you're a long-time listener, hopefully, um, let us know. Uh, You can find us on Twitter. You can find us through the Facebook page there. All the links are at www.podmeifyoucan.com. Next time on the podcast, Lloyd, we're going to be delving into the mind of Spike Jones. (laughs)
1: not to get confused with Spike Lee I always do that
0: (laughs) (laughs) very different films from the two of them (laughs) Um, although if you look at Don John on um, IMDB often it says people who like this also liked Her which is one of the films we'll be covering off next week it stars uh, Joaquin Phoenix and it's been Oscar nominated for many films and that one's 8.4 out of 10 on IMDB so if you can check that one out uh, that's what we'll be talking about next week on the show
1: Lloyd, always a pleasure. Always a good day. Thanks, guys. All the best.